0: These things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son Your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice." So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose, and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning once again. Everybody, good to see you. Welcome to City Church. If you are new uh, this morning, I'm trying to get that protocol right. But if you are new, you need to come back next week, okay? Um, this is just some guy from me, but I don't preach it, okay? So, um, but so good to see everybody this morning. What a joy to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Femi. Um, I, I would honestly say Pastor Femi and Tosi are some of the most incredible human beings that my wife and I know. And um, we honestly are just really grateful for you for your friendship um uh, for your love and support i i i have a lot of regard for your leaders and just the team at city church just the amazing things that you guys do and all of you as a congregation as a community of faith um you guys inspire us a lot we learn a lot from you and we are just honestly grateful um that we get to be a part of your world um, I know some of you have relocation plans, and that's part of why he was asking that. You can think about relocating to Ibadan, it's, it's, um, um, it's, it's, it's short distance, you don't uh, have to move too far away. Alright, um, I'm going to be in God's Word in just a moment, um, you know, I'm going to take this sermon, we're going to consider this sermon under three headings. Uh, <laughs> No, we're not. We're not. We're just going to preach, okay? And, um, well, let's make it work, okay? Um, let's pray just um, and ask God to speak to us this morning. God, thank you so much for the privilege we have to gather around your word. And Lord, just thank you for this incredible family, this incredible community of faith. Um, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house today already. And Lord, I just pray that you breathe upon your word in a way that is so powerful Let it be so simple that we would understand, but let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. We thank you for it and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name and everybody, said, amen. 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 Look at somebody around you and say, God's going to speak to you this morning. All right, smile at someone and say your weight loss is working and just, 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 just watch them smile. (laughs) All right, um. Wow, people are still, like, smiling on that, like, it's, okay, good compliment. Um, I, I, I have quite a few privileges in life. Um, one of them is that I get to call Jesus my Savior. Um, another is that I get to call Adebola my wife. Um, she is an amazing gift of God. That was your chance to, like, quickly clap and give me credit, but, um, but she's amazing, and I'm grateful that we get to be here together. Um, we really can't say enough. Just thank you so much for having us through the weekend. Um, we have incredible friends in this church um, hanging out with you guys. Thank you for all your love. And um, another privilege I have is that I get to support Liverpool. And um, I know there would be one or two around here. Um, don't worry about what happened last season that we didn't get all four. Um, let's team prayers because next year, God is going to do incredible things, all right? Um, we get to serve at a church called Sycamore Church. It's just um, two and a half hours by train away from here. That's Ibadan but I'm not budgeting the time from your house to the train station, but, but, uh, but from the train station, or if you go by road, you can do one and a half hours, then budget another like three hours from your house um, at all of that. But um, it's just good to be here. I, I want to share with you this morning, uh, just out of a story that we've just read that I'm sure you know, um, and I'm basically asking a question today, how are your mountaineering ropes? How are your mountaineering ropes? How are your mountaineering ropes? Okay, so I hope you figured out your neighbor. Just look back and ask that question How are your mountaineering ropes? If, if it's not kind of working with your neighbor, it's your chance to quickly change neighbor. All right, um, how are your mountaineering ropes? You, you've probably heard the story. I heard this many years ago about a king who wanted to give up his daughter in marriage. And he's like, I'm going to give half of my kingdom and my daughter in marriage to um, a guy, to somebody in this city. And so all the guys were coming around and were saying, it's me, sir, me, please, me. And somebody came and he's like, sir, in the order of marriage, emilo con, emilo con. You know, it's it's like me. Everybody was like begging and all of that. And and the guy says, "Okay, okay. here's what we're going to do. We're going to have this pool, this swimming pool. And um, all you need to do, it's just 100 meters, is to swim across. And you get my daughter. And all the guys are about rushing for it. But he says, wait, but let me tell you, um, the little the little tweak to it is that there are crocodiles in the swimming pool. And so all the guys just start to step back and like, what, what is even the big deal about his daughter? Is she even that fine? I will, I will jump in um, and face crocodiles because of, of your daughter. And so all the guys were just basically stepping back and all of that and were just chilling around the pool talking about how in this life, marriage is not the ultimate. You know, they were just like chilling and all of that. And then suddenly everybody just hears a loud splash. Whoa! somebody has gone in. Somebody is swimming. So everybody looks up like, who's that? Hey, everybody starts hailing cheering like go for it go you can do it the first crocodile is coming the guy like gives a leg over goes the other way and then he goes down he's swimming he's he's cut and everybody's like go 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 Emmanuel go Emmanuel go Emmanuel And, and 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 everybody's like cheering and all of that and 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 he keeps dodging he's and the king is like come on come on if you do this you get my daughter and the guy swims and swims and swims and BAM comes out on the other side and while he's there, the king is like, go call, go call my daughter, go. And, and the king is like, so proud of you, boy. And, and, and the guy's panting. And, and he's saying, wait. And everybody said, what what is He's like, wait. Who pushed me? Who pushed me? Who pushed me? Okay, let let me ask you, I hear that there are real honest people in City Church, all right? Let me ask you, do you ever feel that way about life? Like you see yourself just in the middle of where you are and life and everything happening and sometimes you're asking yourself, "Who, who pushed me? Who pushed me? Do you ever feel like life is just you barely catching up with the pace? Like, it's so fast, it's all over me. The issue is that I just can't go back. Like, I just have to figure a way forward. Who pushed me? Maybe it's your career choice. You know, who pushed me? Maybe one night you were caught in traffic in Lagos and you were just thinking about when you actually came to this Lagos. And you were just in the middle of all of that. And the question is, who pushed me? Maybe for you it's marriage. Hey, hey, if you're married, just keep looking straight. And don't nod. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. Who pushed me sometimes it's that we had we had we had one child we are become parents Hmm? we now decided to go for another and as you're in the middle of all the pressure and the tension, the question is just sometimes, who, who pushed me? Maybe you even know who pushed you. Maybe you know who pushed you. Maybe it was that movie you watched. You watched the movie, you saw this teacher in the movie that the students loved, and it was always just like, so be, I want to be a teacher. I, I live to be a teacher. This is my calling. It's my destiny. I will be a teacher. And you went, and you became a teacher. What you didn't know is that in the movie, that teacher was teaching children. You, you're teaching demons. Like, like who pushed me or, or maybe it was your family you know you know you know if you grew up in an african home you know how you know um that child that kind of always has a second opinion or argues a point that everybody's like you will be a lawyer you will be a lawyer you'll be a lawyer. and you are so excited about the law they were calling you the law the law and you're like yes i will be a lawyer and you are like as a lawyer i will sue you,? Yeah? but you didn't know law school will roast you like suya and who who pushed me pushed me or oh, let me ask you do you ever feel that way sometimes even about following jesus like in the middle of everything going on the pressures and the tensions of holding it all together holding my values and sometimes it's all over me i feel like crocodiles i'm dodging and sometimes i'm asking myself who oh, how did i get myself into this you simply just came to church, you joined community, you know, you were just all over. Like, every, and, and, and here you are growing, you're so excited and sometimes as the pressure starts to mount and, you know, just growing. You, you were here some weeks ago, lifting your hands and praying, God use me, God use me, just, just use me. I just want to be used of God. Lord, use my life for your glory. Use my life to tell your eternal story. You were just, and then three weeks later, you're like, I feel used. <laughs> But, but, but let me tell you what this morning let me tell you what this morning um there are so many things and life can be pushing us but i honestly think we all need a god push we all need a sense of we're doing life in such a way that that god is pushing us jeremiah literally says this in jeremiah 20 and verse 7 in the message bible jeremiah is looking at god and he's like god you pushed me some translations it says god you overpowered me. This is the deal. Let me let me explain what I'm saying. If I walked into an orange seed, if I brought an orange seed this morning and showed you, all right? An orange tree, they say can produce for about 50 to 60 years and they say that an orange tree can produce up to like 250 to 300 oranges okay like a healthy orange tree now if you ever went to an orange seed and you told the orange seed, look at that tree do you believe that you can carry everything on that tree for the next 50 to 60 years the orange seed is going to tell you never i can't i'm too small i know myself i can't i've never done this before i know what i can carry and he's arguing and i'm not that type of person because we see ourselves in the light of our situations, but the truth is God sees us in the possibilities of our journey. And so sometimes that seed is saying, "No, I can't, I can't, I can't." But what the seed needs is something pushing it into its possibilities. What the seed needs is something that is making it more than what it is in the present. Listen, that's the tension of destiny. The tension of destiny is that you are in a conversation with a God who sees you not in the light of your now, but in the light of your possibilities. So the tension of destiny is that God is basically coming from where we are going to. He's speaking to us in a language of possibilities when we are so encumbered in our present. God comes to us from the place of possibilities in Christ Jesus and he's coming to have a conversation with us. It really never adds up. It never feels like it makes sense. I mean, God is, is like nudging you into stuff. God is nudging you into seasons of your life. God is inviting you to walk a journey. And you're seeing yourself doing things and being in places like swimming with crocodiles. Like, I've never been here. But, and you know, we are so big on how much we know ourselves. Because we really do. We feel like, I know my past. I know, my, my possib- I, know I know my strength. I know my failures. I know my limitations. But I feel like God looks at us and he knows a lot more than what we see to ourselves. If I asked you, who are you this morning? And I said, can you just tell me about yourself? You know, the best you can do is that you can look over the years you've lived, whether 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever. You would look over those years and you would make a statement about yourself. If I asked you, tell me about yourself, you would look over those years. But if you walked in on God and said, God, tell me about myself. He would look beyond the years that you have lived. He would look to the eternal past and see the cross of his son. And he would make an identity statement over you. And then he would look forward and see the possibilities of grace. And then he would come to you and start to talk to you about yourself yourself the conversation doesn't feel balanced it feels like that your friend that has watched a movie that you have not yet watched and the friend is just telling you about and you're like no no but this is about to, and he says no you know what i'm seeing something more than you are in the present we all need god to be pushing us I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life institutionalizing what I know about myself. I don't want to live my life, you know, institutionalizing my smallness, my my failures, my past, where I'm coming from, what I've done before. I don't want to live my life institutionalizing and building monuments around my my smallness. I, I want to be surrendered to a sense of God can push me. This is why being a Christian is not, first of all, about defending your agenda. It's about a life of surrender. Being a Christian is not, first of all, about you know, what I know and, and me just being around God to like get my way with God. I think being a Christian is, first of all, about surrender. At its very base, being a Christian, being a Christian is about surrender. When we come around God and we lift our hands in worship, when we live our lives, when we, when, we, when we come around a sense of God is in the room, God is in my life, I think it propels a sense of surrender. Worship is not just about, oh, I encountered God. Worship is about I surrender to God. It's about I lay down myself in the face of the greater. Worship is not just the encounter between humanity and divinity. Worship is the surrender of humanity to divinity. It's humans realizing who we are and realizing who God is. Amen, anybody? Amen. So, really want to have a life where we are comfortable with with that sense of being nudged, being pushed into something more. Of obeying God and following Jesus in the adventures of difference. The adventures of surprise, of I never saw this coming. Let me me advise you this morning. Let me advise you free of charge. Let me say something. Um, We think a lot about our faith as a pursuit of certainty. We feel like faith is to bring us to a place where we are so certain we are so sure. But I think one of the most beautiful elements of faith that we look over is the ability to be surprisable. Like we think about faith as coming to that point where I am so certain and I know everything. But I, I think one of the most beautiful elements of faith, basically of walking with Jesus and of faith, is, is staying surprisable. It's allowing God to be so good that he has the right to surprise me. As I follow in trust and in obedience, it's allowing God to be God, that he has the right to, I didn't even see that coming in my limitation, I didn't see that, but God is able to see. look, I saw more than you saw all the while, I was working a plan that you weren't seeing all the while. I want to never lose the ability, the space to be surprisable, because the tension is that God is coming from where I'm going to, and I want to stay surprisable in a conversation with a God who knows more than I do. As we come into our story this morning in Genesis chapter 22, I'll just pick it in verse 7 um, where Isaac is asking his father and he's saying, um, look at the fire and the wood. But, excuse me, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac is saying, I can see the fire. I can see the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? You know, if you If you met Abraham in the middle of his mountain climbing in Genesis chapter 22 and you just met Abraham here and he's hearing Isaac telling him asking him questions and I don't think this is where Abraham wants to be. I feel like Abraham would be looking around and see where obedience has landed me, see where following the plan has landed me, see where following Jesus, obeying the instructions, see where I am. In this place of me facing questions that I don't have answers to, find myself in a place of uncertainty. I'm on my way to kill my son. This was not the plan. This was not the plan. I feel like Abraham would tell you if you met him right in the middle of the mountain climbing, Abraham would tell you, I, I, I thought I was having a chill life with my son. I thought it had all come together. Yeah, we had had the seasons of longing and waiting, but think about it. Abraham, I think, had had a chill life with Isaac you know, Isaac was born in Abraham's old age and Abraham had the money to spoil his child like I mean Isaac and Abraham I think basically had this kind of chill relationship where Abraham would pick Isaac from school and you know he'll just Isaac is like that but that's the way home Abraham is like don't worry let's let's just keep going and then they just get and then now we're at the airport and I think like no sorry like the camel port and Isaac is like that that where, where are we going and Abraham is like close your eyes and then he just brings out Isaac's passport and he says guess what we're going on a vacation to Bethlehem. And leaves are too. And I say, oh, God, oh, God of Pops. Sorry, God of Abraham. <laughs> this is a, it's one thing to be in uncertainty because you misbehaved. It's another thing to be doing what's right and feeling like the situation is wrong. It's one thing to look around your life and say, yeah, if I made better choices 10 years ago. But it's another thing to say, I've done all I know to do. I've done everything i know to do this was me keeping the right values this was me saying i'm honoring god i'm putting god first this was me refusing to compromise and now i am facing questions that i don't have answers to honestly abraham would tell you disobedience would seemingly have been easier it would have been easier to just disobey and not be in this like just silence that nudging of god that was pushing me to more and you know just not be in this um settling for the ordinary would have been more convenient and I, and I know we know how the story ends, okay? We know what eventually happened, but, you know, by the time we get to, like, verse, verse 11, God is then coming and saying, okay, Abraham, don't, and verse 12, and, um, um, and by verse 13, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horn. So, Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. What I want to do today is I really just want to speak to people who feel like you're in the middle of a mountain climb, who feel like as you look around life, sometimes you, you, you almost feel like, who pushed me into this? Like here I am in the middle of the intensities of seasons and just dealing with so much all around me. People who feel the pressure of being human on a divine journey. You're just being human, you're just being you. You're, you're doing a God journey and you really just feel the intensities of it playing out on you. I want to speak to people who this morning find themselves living a life that, left to yourself, you would not have chosen this life. Sometimes you look at what you are waking up to every day, and just the call of God that you are standing up to, to be that parent, to be that leader, to be... And if it was left to me 10 years ago, I would have run away from this. You know that's what you would honestly say. I want to tell you some things this morning, three simple things that I hope would really help you and encourage you today. I came with a word this morning to just strengthen people on their mountain journey. To strengthen people in this thing of the ropes that you're holding and you're climbing on that mountain. I just hope that we can strengthen it because Hebrews 10 and verse 39 says that we are not of them that draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. If anything, I don't want to be backing out on a story of what God is doing. If anything, I don't want the pressures and the questions of what I'm facing. And because Isaac is asking Abraham, where is the lamb? But then Abraham says, you know what? You know what? Maybe we should just go back. Maybe we should just call it quit. If anything, I don't want to turn my back on a journey of obeying Jesus, of a journey of being the man that God calls me to be. If anything, backing out is not an option. If anything, I want to see this through. If anything, I don't want to be in the middle of the pool, swimming with crocodiles. I'm thinking about going back. If God is pushing me in the direction of my life, you know what? I want to be surrendered enough to be going on in the direction God is pushing me to. Amen, anybody. Amen. And so, three simple things that I want to encourage you around today. Let me look at somebody this morning and say, I'm going to see my God process through. The first thing that I hope would help you as you climb the mountain and you hold this rope a lot tighter is that even when your journey is intense, I pray you would remember God is intentional. When your journey is intense, I pray you will never forget that God is intentional. We serve a God who is intentional, even in the most intense moments of our lives. Let me look at somebody and tell them that this morning, that God is intentional about you. I don't want to be an abraham that because i'm facing questions i'm thinking maybe god has lost his plan or maybe god didn't see this coming because i have questions that i don't have answers for yes it's true abraham sometimes you cannot wrap your mind around all that is happening yes it's true sometimes it's all happening so fast and you had no clue that at this stage of your life you would have to be dealing with this yes it's true abraham sometimes the pressure is so much and you're dealing with things that you don't even you've never been here before yes it's true yes it's true that your kids are evolving faster than you think you know what to do with them yes it's true that the pressure of being the person that god calls you to be and waking up every monday morning feels like i'm waking up to a pressure that i didn't even think i'll be facing at my age yes it's true that sometimes life becomes so intentional yes it's true that we were just we just got married and we were just even trying to check things out and and all of that and we just realized that we're pregnant we haven't surprised and and now the way the pregnancy is going and all of that it's so fast we're trying to understand ourselves and understand um, them and holding like a million things together like a million and one things together but what i want to say today is that even when things are intense god is intentional i never want to forget that we do get pushed into the intense sometimes but god is intentional i don't know how you read this story do you read this story as as just oh suddenly like how do you read your bible do you read your bible as as suddenly as you know ah suddenly something just happened like god was not doing anything all the while but suddenly something just popped up suddenly there was just a ramp suddenly Abraham just knew what to do do you read this as a story of suddenly or do you read this as a story of all the while god was at work all the while all the while all the while this was not just about sudden moments this is about a god who was intentional about the instructions he was giving abraham intentional about the journey abraham would travel intentional about the steps he would take intentional about the questions he would face intentional about the moments of surprise and of tension and and the beauty of a story of following me and we see it in the sudden leads but god is in the all the while God is never playing catch-up in his story. I'll say that again. God is never playing catch-up in his story. God prepares you for the most intense seasons of your life, And God is with you in the most intense seasons of your life. I'll say that again. God prepares you for the most intense seasons of your life. And God is with you in the most intense seasons of your life. As I read through the scripture, I just think about how layers and layers and layers of prophecy and intentionality lead to the suddenlies that we see. That God's story sometimes happens in the suddenlies, but it rides on the strength and the rhythms of layers and layers of intentionality from God. I was thinking about how Zechariah is prophesying in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah is saying, everyone in Jerusalem... Celebrate and shout. Your king has won a victory and he's coming to you. He's humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on a colt of a donkey. Interesting stuff. So, what we saw, and this is Zechariah speaking, but what we saw is that one day Jesus is just with his disciples and he's like, um, Guys, um, check out there. Let's see, is there a donkey there? And you just go, you're one of Jesus' disciples, and you're like, Oh, Jesus, oh, ah, he even just was lucky. He just saw a donkey and then he just called donkey. You are seeing the suddenness, but But zechariah is prophesying 500 years ahead and he's talking about the donkey that in a random moment jesus is going to ride on let's help ourselves zechariah 500 years ahead is talking about a donkey that jesus is going to ride that 500 years ahead god in his storytelling is already looking at a detail like the donkey that jesus is going to ride on and then he's talking about it 500 years ahead Maybe you don't get what I'm saying, but, but let's break it down. On the average, they will tell you that a donkey has a lifespan of 25 to 30 years. That, let's assume that that donkey, that particular donkey, had a covenant of long life. So he lived 30 years in their generation, in their family. 30 years, they do 30 years. That means that you are talking of at least 16 generations of donkeys. So when Zechariah was talking to the guys around him and he's saying, oh, the king is riding on a donkey and they're like, oh, is it that donkey? In that moment, God is saying, not that donkey, the son of that donkey. No, not the son of the son of that donkey. Not the son of the son of the son of the son. Do you get what I'm saying? You go 16 generations to see the one that God was looking at. And he was talking about it 500 years ahead. I never want to be in the midst of the intensities of life and forget that God is intentional. I never want to because I'm saying, do donkey am I going to ride? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? How am I going to cope? To think that I serve a God who was not all the while at work. Let me look at somebody this morning. I, I think you can say better than me, but say God is intentional about you. You might be in the middle of climbing a mountain right now. You may be in the middle of the pressure. You may be in the middle of a season that you have no clue about. But here's what I want you to know. That God is intentional. And as you climb that mountain, I pray you would hold that rope tighter. I serve a God that is intentional. I might not know what to do, but I know that I serve a God that is intentional. might not know how this will work, but I know that I'm holding on to a God that is intentional. It's one thing to be around your friend who is telling you, What are we going to do here? Eh, let's think about it. Let's see if we can have any plan. Have you tried this? Ah, no, it didn't work. Have you tried that? It's another thing to be about a God who is smiling when things look confusing, who is smiling all the while. Even when you are facing battles, He knows that He has equipped you for the battles that you face. Even when you are facing questions, He knows that He has prepared you for them. A God who is all the while intentional. Somebody, God is deliberate, God is intentional. I just want to encourage somebody today who feels like you're in the thick of it right now. Don't underestimate God's ability to make a beautiful story out of your difficult season. Don't underestimate God's ability to make a beautiful story. Hey, here we are gathering around Genesis 22 this morning and talking about it. Was, whoa, what a story of faith. But man, Abraham lived it. I just pray that if I'm the Abraham in that story, I don't underestimate God's ability to make a beautiful story out of my difficult season. You know, the issue I have, I like telling stories. And, but the issue I have is that sometimes I get stuck in my stories. So I have this thing I do with my kids. and. You know, whenever I'm driving them to school or we, we try to keep up with it every weekday. Um, we call it the Episodes of Mr. Skuru, Skuru. so we basically just have this story thing and the truth is Mr. Skuru, Skuru is anybody I say he is and, you know, he has a wife called Mrs. Skila and they have three children. Their children are Bosco, Rosco and Mosco, all right? They have family friends, the Aderu The Aderu have three children, Shege, Mege and Wege, you know? <laughs> and so basically every day my children are like dad today is episode 16 and i'm like okay in episode 16 so i tell a story of either bosco's in town sports or you know and you know you you know how you kind of see things that are happening with your kids and then you put it in the story you know what i'm talking about so i'm talking about how one day they went to the supermarket and bosco was not listening to his daddy and his daddy was saying stop playing around and bosco didn't listen and then bosco hit down a rack of wine bottles and that everything broke and so they wanted to arrest bosco but they had to pay for all the wine but nobody in the family with for one month so my children and then at the end you're like what do you learn from the story so it's always so beautiful to see them having to come up with these lessons that are preaching to themselves. You get what I'm trying to say, right? And I, I love to tell the stories. And so many times I, I start out a story. I'm like, story, story. And they're like, story. And then I say, one day, Mr. Skuru Skuru. I remember one day my wife was next to me. And then I, I start, I'm like, they're like, that episode, whatever number they called it. And then the issue now is that I hadn't prepared any thoughts. So I'm like, okay, story, story. Um, Mr. Skuru Skuru went out. And then I'm telling my wife, hey, baby, I don't know what to say. I don't know where this story is going. So I'm like, Mr. Screwscoot went to their school. I'm like, baby, my mom got in my soul. And I get stuck. And sometimes when I try to maneuver my way out, and then I give one new detail, my daughter is like, but dad, in episode seven, you said that. I'm like, oh my God, I can't hold this story together. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's how that story is. Just take it. Just take it. Do, do, Do you sometimes think that way about God? Like, Things are happening and maybe he's stuck and he just doesn't know how to connect the dots again. But, but, but listen, one of the things I never want to forget about God is that he retains the ability. Whether it's by his creative power, whether it's by his artistic ability, he retains the ability to make a beautiful story out of every difficult season that I walk. And sometimes I'm like, but God, I even made a mistake there. He's like, I retain the artistic ability to make a mistake in design. I retain the artistic ability to connect the dots in a story that I tell. Friends, I pray that as you hold the ropes, in the middle of climbing, you will just never underestimate God's intentionality about your life. The second thing I want to say this morning, I'm almost done. When I get to my third point, somebody will come on the keyboard and make it spiritual. But the second thing I want to say this morning is that Listen, everybody, first of all, God is intentional. Secondly, there is another side of this mountain that I climbed. There is another side to the mountain that I climbed. There is another side to the mountain that I climb. Here's how I like to think about it. Abraham is climbing up on one side. He's enduring the climb. Sometimes it just feels like I'm facing questions. What's happening? All of this going on, Isaac. And, and this is not where I planned to be. Who pushed me into this and all of that. But but here is what is happening on the other side. God is orchestrating the journey of a ram. And that ram is getting hooked such that at the right time, when Abraham gets to the place of obedience, when his obedience is complete, at the right time, the provision is waiting. Don't tell me it was a sudden leap. I feel like as Abraham was taking one step up on his side of the mountain, God was taking the ram one step up. Abraham takes one step on this side of the mountain, the ram takes one step. The issue is that many times you are on the climb side and that is on the blind side. Amen. And so Abraham takes one step, the ram takes one step. And God knows that the ram needs to get hooked. it needs to get hooked. So God orchestrates the bush growing, the thickets getting stronger, so that the ram will not shake his head away and go. He needs to be a little stronger. Randomly, one guy was there. He went to go and pee. God allowed him to. To strengthen the growth of the, you get what I'm trying to talk about. And such that when the climb side is fulfilled, the blind side is unveiled. Yeah. And what I want to say today, friends there is another side to the mountain you climb i know all you see right now is my climb side all you see is my obedience all you see is me putting god first all you see is the effort i'm putting over my kids all you see is what is happening at work and it feels like is this all this story is about no i just came to remind you there is another side to the mountain that you climb there is a blind side to your climb side there is another side to the mountain that you climb For every step of obedience that you take, God is orchestrating a journey. You may not see it right now. It may not be in front of your eyes right now. But I pray you will live with the faith and the confidence that my God is faithful. And for every step that I take in a journey of obedience to God, there is another side to this mountain. What if you could get an aerial view and see everything together? What if God could just elevate your perspective and on an aerial view, you could see Abraham coming up here. And the ram coming up there what if you could have better perspective to your life today what if you could see what would it do to abraham if in that moment it was not just about the steps i'm having to take but about a journey that god has orchestrated what would an aerial view do to your life what if you could see that the provision was already made what if you could see that the biggest questions on your heart about the next 10 years god already has the wisdom for them what if you could see that your biggest fears are already settled in jesus what would it do to your vibe every day? What would it do to you every waking morning that I'm just going to the house of God? But, you know, the Bible says serve the Lord with gladness and I think it's so intentional because sometimes if we're not careful, we will serve God or we will do what we need to do but we will do it with madness. We will do it with, with, with sadness. You get what I'm trying to say? But the Bible says serve the Lord with gladness. What will it do to your perspective if you were not just on the climb side but you know that there is a blind side to this journey? What would it do in the midst of the worst days of your life? Honestly, friends, I'm not standing here to act like, you know, as you climb on the mountain, the the mountain is like an x-ray. You're just seeing it and it's so delightful. Sometimes life is life. Sometimes we are honestly facing questions that hit us deep. And Isaac is asking Abraham, where is the lamb? And I honestly, if it was something money could buy, I'll do it. If it was something my wisdom could do, I'll do it. But I just don't even know what to do about this. This is entirely beyond my space. But I want to encourage somebody today who feels like my head is just buried in the intensity of the season that I'm in. I want to encourage you today. There is another side to this mountain. And in a God story, every climb side has a blind side to it. There's another side to this mountain. There's another side to this mountain. Maybe you feel discouraged today. The effort I'm putting out over my kids. The, you know, I just don't even feel appreciated. I don't feel recognized. I don't feel like, you know, just those human feelings catching up with you today i just want to remind you there's another side you're serving god and you're single and you're asking yourself i'm just single i'm single like imported rice cannot join single i remember being in those seasons of my life honestly and sometimes you you just feel like okay what's going to happen with this you know and all of that but what 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 it turned out to be is that all the while a ram Was traveling on the other side so that when your obedience is complete, the blind side is unveiled. The ram's horns are hooked. The guy that needs to hook her till I'm ready, we hook. When I'm ready, release. <laughs> there is another side. To the I said ram, the babe, come on, help me. <laughs> there's a ready side, there's another side. So this mountain, Please, can you come on the keyboard? Let me start to land. (laughs) You guys, I only told you a ministerial secret. Don't... All right. All right. Let me start to land this morning. Um, Even if you haven't heard anything I've said today, I'm going to say something that I hope would help you as I close today. I was reading about mountain climbing and, you know, how... I, I know you don't do stuff like that in Lagos how many of you let, let's check out how many of you have ever gone mountain climbing okay but okay yeah traffic climbing <laughs> it's what you do in lagos <laughs> but i was reading i was reading i haven't either by the way just but i was reading about how um you know usually people can go mountain climbing in a group and they would have what they call a lead climber and what a lead climber does is that... Because maybe you're asking, um, how, how do mountaineers get the rope up? You know, And then they start pulling it. How do they get it up? You know? And so basically, a lot to be said about that. But what happens is that a lead climber um can go ahead and what a lead climber will do is that he would anchor he would anchor on he would find a place whether a rock or something strong enough and would place an anchor all right such that a rope is then attached to that and everybody climbing after now starts to pull after the lead climber if you get what i'm trying to say um so the lead climber usually in a group is maybe the most brave or Um, the most skillful or the most experienced and all of that and he would go ahead and he would just put it in on the rock something like that and everybody coming after is pulling a rope because of what the lead climber has already anchored in on that now so i read that i was thinking about it i thought hey i know sometimes i'm pulling and i'm climbing and all of that and i feel the intensity but the beautiful thing is i've got me a lead climber i've got a lead climber who 2000 years ago took a cross up a hill and as he took that cross up the hill it was intensity it was it was everything it was the pain it was the pressure it was feeling forsaken it was being betrayed it was being abandoned but he took that cross up the hill and it wasn't even just like a nail thing that he put in the rock but he put that cross down and he died upon it and as he stretched himself out wide and poured out his life for me and was raised back to life by the power of the holy spirit I feel like in that moment, he's making a statement for us that, you know what? You are pulling your rope in this season of your life, but you can be pulling it anchored to what he has already done on that cross. And I was thinking about the beauty of knowing that I can be traveling my journey. And I know I am facing things right now and I am facing the pressure right now, but you know, the beauty of traveling my journey, knowing that I have a lead climber and listen, he's not just an example for me. He's an empowerment for me he's not just oh this is what i did and you try and do it but he's the empowerment in me to do what he did and he says to me pull your own rope and you can come closer you can pull it you can climb you can you can and so like isaac in genesis chapter 22 and verse 7 i think isaac is asking a question that maybe we need to listen to again i think he's asking a real prophetic question right there isaac is saying look the fire and the wood but where is the lamb Where is the lamb? Maybe at the end of the day, in the most intense seasons of your life, what you need to be asking is where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Maybe the search of all humanity at the end of the day is where is the lamb? Maybe what we need to see when we don't know what to do and we have questions and we're facing pressure. Maybe what we need is that we need a revelation of who Jesus is to us that so often in climbing we get so we get so encumbered into the pressures of what's here and we're asking where is my uncle where is my friend where is the person that was to be here where is the provision that was to come where is what I thought I would have at this stage of my life where is the reward for my work where is the appreciation people were to give me but I pray today that in the midst of your intensity what you are asking is, where is the lamp because if I can have a revelation of who Jesus is to me it redefines the journey that I travel in that lamb, I see his cross and I see one who went up, who climbed that hill ahead of me. I made a sacrifice in which I can be drawn every day. And friends, honestly, we would feel the weight of human feelings. We would feel the intensity that it brings. But today I pray as we can lift up our eyes and say, where is the lamb? Thankfully for us, he's not a lamb that we are looking to and is lost. Because Isaac is asking, Where is the Lamb? But the scripture closes in Revelations with, Worthy is the Lamb. That he is revealed, and we can be saying in our journey, Worthy is the Lamb. He's not far away from the realities of what you walk. I just came to encourage somebody today. He's not far away from the realities of what you walk. Don't let the intensities of what you are facing take your eyes off Him. Don't let the intensity of the season of your life take your eyes off Him. He is a very present help in your time of need. Don't let the intensity of life and of the pressure and of what you thought you had planned and of what you were trying to hold together, don't let it take your eyes off Him. Eyes on the lamp. Eyes on the one who calls me to this. Eyes on the one who knows my frame. I'm pushed me into that river and I know I'm swimming with crocodiles but listen he knows you he foreknew you he knows you right now and he knows the plans that he has for you and he knows what he's bringing it to eyes on Jesus eyes on Jesus being all of this as you're pulling you're saying where's this all going where's this all headed you know sometimes you just think about the next five years of this where's this all headed It's just going to be some mountain climbing thing That just tires me out The beautiful thing is knowing that we have a lead climber Who has gone ahead of us, friends And because he has gone ahead of us And made a statement in the ultimate of the journey that we walk This is a journey of hope This is a journey of hope You just need to wake up every Monday morning And know this is not just another hustle Hold it all together This is a journey of hope Because what I am pulling towards at the end of the day where my leap climber has gone for me this is a journey of hope this is not a mere hustle this is not a mere hustle stay keeping my head above the water avoiding the crocodiles this is a journey of hope I pray that you go out on Monday morning with that vibe it's a journey of hope it might be intense but God is intentional it's a journey of hope there's another side to my mountain it's a journey of hope that Jesus has gone ahead he has felt the intensity he didn't just sweat his sweat came out as blood the 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 gruesome intensity of all of this and he laid down his life in it, so that as I pull my ropes I know that I'm pulling towards an ultimate of hope in who Jesus is to me so today I just want to encourage everybody hands stronger hand stronger hand stronger on your mountain iron ropes don't let go don't just run around the hustle running monday to friday hand stronger god is intentional hand stronger there's another side to this mountain can you help me this morning look at somebody say god is intentional there's another side to this mountain God is telling a story God's stories are beautiful God has the right to tell a beautiful story out of your most difficult season Hand stronger let's pull again towards who Jesus is when you feel like your heart is fainting all I'm longing for is a fresh revelation of Jesus when I feel like I can't take it one more day all I'm longing for is a fresh revelation of Jesus I'm so glad that I can come to a gathering of God's people and I don't just come here for the feel or because it's Sunday I come here because I need where is Jesus where is Jesus. I need to see him in the gathering of God's people. I need that revelation to strengthen my heart as I take every one more step of my life. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church. Love Jesus. Love people, love Lagos.